Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. safe to say that every business has been affected by the COVID-19 crises, but there's one category that's really felt the most impacted, and that's small business. As the lifeblood of our economy, it's imperative that we all do our best to help wherever and however we can. And we've been spending a lot of time at the Create and Cultivate HQ, aka our homes, discussing how we can best show up for and support our community during these uncertain times. Community is at our core, and connecting with others through our one-of-a-kind experiences is what we love to do. While the world has changed, our mission has not. As many small businesses quickly adapt to the new normal, we want them to know they don't have to do it alone. We're committed to helping women create and cultivate the career of their dreams, which is why we're proud to partner with MasterCard to help small businesses pivot quickly and confidently and securely with the tools and resources they need to go through these unprecedented times. In this episode of Work Party, I sit down with Ginger Siegel, the North American small business lead at MasterCard, to discuss the additional resources and technology they're developing to support the needs of small business owners during the COVID-19 crisis, the recovery, and beyond. From access to insights into local spending trends to understanding cyber vulnerabilities and business management tools and solutions, we dive into all of these and more so small businesses can secure their business and focus on the future. So let's get right into it. Ginger, welcome. Thank you, Jacqueline. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So you have over 30 years of industry leadership experience as an executive at large multinational and regional banks in the area of specifically small business, business banking, and retail. Where does this drive to support small business come from, and why are you so passionate about helping? Well, Jacqueline, it's interesting. Um, My parents had a small business when I was younger, and from the time I was eight years old, helping them to stock shelves. I saw the pain, the struggle, and also some of the rewards. And 
I have been in this segment, serving this segment um, my entire career because of that. Um, I love the passion, the reason that small businesses get up in the morning and what they do to help the world, um, both with the things that they serve as well as contributing to our GDP. And then I look at female entrepreneurs specifically, struggles with work-life balance, kind of why they started their own business, because they, they felt compelled to really need to have their own space so that they could have more flexibility. And we have seen just with the numbers as well as um, what's happening in, in all of these industries that they need so much added support. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why we call you the fairy godmother of small businesses. But you've seen changes in the market before, including the 2008 financial crises. But there's been nothing like this. I mean, I went through that recession. I was, I was you know, kind of in my first job at that moment. And this is a full market shutdown. Can you share some of the learnings you took from the recession in 2008 and kind of how you're taking those and helping small business owners now? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it really well. The 2008 recession, as bad as it was, did not even give us a glimpse into what could happen to us. And I think that it really is a full market shutdown. The fact that there's physicality related to this, that people cannot go to their place of business. So it's one thing if People don't have a lot of money to buy, but it's another thing if they can't. And one of the things that I think about when I think about 2008 is that even after that, I don't think we as a nation truly planned for anything like that to even happen again. So for example, 40% of small businesses do not have an online presence today. And so therefore, small businesses were not anywhere near prepared for the shutdown of their locations and the need to sell and drive digital engagement with customers. So the one thing I, I, I saw from that is that I don't know that we as a nation always learn from what happens. And I almost feel that after this, we have to take it up three levels to prepare for the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say I prepare for worst case scenario all the time as the CEO of a company, but I think this was something that no one, I mean, obviously experts, but like for me, I never in a million years would think a store, I couldn't go to a store, I couldn't get on a plane, I couldn't get in my car, I couldn't do anything. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, digital, that's a shocking statistic to know that that many businesses don't have an online presence. And there was another stat I read somewhere that was saying like only like 50% of businesses can function through, you know, online video chats and working from home, like so much is relying on being out in the world. Um, and COVID-19 completely shut down small businesses overnight. So can you talk through some of the specific challenges you've seen and how you've helped small businesses pivot their strategy to accommodate this time? Well, when I think about some of the challenges and, you know, I, I think about some of the questions that we got during the mentor session, which really is about pivoting. And I know that is something that you talk a lot about, which is being able to pivot. A um, couple things that we're seeing that are really challenges is, is, number one, this whole idea of digital and how do we help businesses get online who are not online. So I think that digital piece around the digital piece is actually protecting their business 
business. So if you think about getting online also breeds other issues. We know that a lot of the cyber attacks that are happening are actually happening to small business versus big business. And roughly between 70 and 80% of businesses are not prepared for a cyber attack. So this is a really big issue and something that, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit about later in terms of how we're trying to help. The third thing is cash flow. Um, You know, Jacqueline, the average small business only has 27 days of cash on hand. So even though things weren't great before for a lot of these businesses, this has completely cut out any potential for cash flow for a lot of businesses, particularly some of the big industry verticals like restaurants. And so from going from 27 days of cash on hand, and you think about how that's coming down, how do you possibly make that up? So I think so. those are some of the really, really big ones um, that we're currently seeing. We all know that your business is more than the goods you sell or the services you provide. It's the heart of the economy which is why I'm teaming up with MasterCard to support entrepreneurs by sharing my tips and advice to help their businesses, like how to spot spending trends in their community. Learning to spot consumer spending trends can bring immense value to your business. In fact, it can dictate your entire business model and the trajectory of your business's success. As the past has shown, oftentimes, once you've taken the steps to react to a trend, it's already too late. So the question is, how do you identify a trend in its infancy when it's first starting out? First of all, it's crucial that you're accepting of change, which I know as a business owner can be difficult. Consumer spending is constantly changing and it always will be. The sooner you accept that, the quicker your business can adapt to change. Take COVID-19, for example. The pandemic has drastically changed consumer spending behavior and will continue to do so for months to come. If you're a business owner, have you considered the trends that will arise from the shift and taking the steps to get ahead of said trends? It's really challenging to pivot and move quickly, especially when what you've been doing has always been working. But now more than ever, it's important to pivot and be open to change. I'd also advise keeping an eye on the younger generation and the products and technologies they're interacting with. Whether that's consulting a younger friends and family, having a little focus group, why not? Or ensuring that you're hiring younger minds to keep your business intel on the pulse of the next big thing. After all, today's youth are the leaders of tomorrow. And keep in mind, Gen Z is where it's at. Figuring out what Gen Z wants, what they like, where they find out, what they want and where they would want to buy it from is going to be so crucial in the next six months to a year. Hello, TikTok. Another insider tip is MasterCard's local market intelligence platform, which provides businesses with the data insights they need in order to strengthen their customer relationships. You can use this tool to answer critical questions like, how loyal are my customers? How is my store performing? And how do I compare against multiple store locations? These are all questions we know you guys have, and MasterCard has the tools, tips, and tricks you need to maximize this moment in time and help your business not only survive, but thrive post-COVID-19. For more tools and resources, go to mastercard.us slash mainstreetrecovery. That's mastercard.us slash mainstreetrecovery. Together, we can all start something priceless.
Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. With social media views and engagement up by over 30% in the last two weeks, businesses have been forced to pivot to digital fast, which is what you were just saying. This is a huge investment for businesses who aren't traditionally digital. How should we be thinking about digital as a diversification strategy to crisis-proof their business but moving forward? So as you mentioned, what is the preparedness that we can learn from this moment in terms of digital to bring with us post-COVID-19? Yeah, great question. I think um, number one is what do we want to do? So you think about digital and people think about digital as ways that customers can buy something from you. But I think we have to think about digital in terms of the ability to buy, the ability to keep in touch with your customers. So you think about like a CRM system for small business. You know, how do businesses become more digitally savvy so they can become more operationally efficient, um, utilizing things like CRM? So in a crisis like this, they have more digital setups to be able to do that. Um, The other thing is getting data. So, you know, to help small businesses pivot some of their operations um, and really drive more effective marketing digitally, we actually have a local market intelligence solution that's available through banks and fintechs. And it really is to provide insights into retail sales patterns, talking about average spend, how frequently customers are visiting, um, aggregated demographics of who's actually buying with them. So I think it's important that not only do we think about digital in terms of customers buying things, but what are those other pieces to help um, businesses drive through the digital and come out in the other side um, really strong. Absolutely. And, you know, with all the digital presence that we're having, there's been a massive spike in fraud and cyber hacking, as you mentioned, which is something that for someone who has a brick and mortar, you know, cybersecurity isn't necessarily top of mind. So how is MasterCard helping businesses protect their business through cybersecurity? Well, you know, now more than ever, um, physical main streets need to help to transform, as we talked, into a digital main street, but they need to do it while keeping their businesses and their employees protected. And, you know, as we talked about the increase in cyber threats, um, MasterCard is offering free cyber vulnerability assessment. So taking a look at the business and seeing how safe their system is, as well as identity theft protection to the nation's 28 million small businesses, as well as their 57 million employees. And we think that this is going to do two things. It's going to help small businesses understand the cyber vulnerabilities in their system, but then we'll also partner with them to prioritize the things that need to be fixed first and repair any critical vulnerabilities. Because, you know, Jacqueline, as you know, small businesses don't have chief risk officers or chief technology officers. So it's an added resource that we can help them with. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it feels like such a massive undertaking. And all of these pivots really require resources and money, um, which right now a lot of small businesses don't have. Can you share some of the ways MasterCard is supporting small business owners to sustain their business now and focus on the future and where they can access those resources? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things. When people think about um, cash flow, and we know that there's, you know, been a, uh, this has been a real blow to small businesses, but I think there's two areas. Number one is um, cash flow. And obviously, MasterCard works closely with our partners to offer credit cards, which is a tremendous form of uh, opportunity to be actually able to buy things. And we know that a lot of small businesses actually have cards and have some credit lines, but they're currently inactive. So I think that's one thing. But the other thing is thinking about how can MasterCard help small businesses get money in quicker. So we have a partnership, for example, with Intuit that already has um, digital invoicing. So about 70% of small businesses are are sending um, manual invoicing. So we can actually help through the tools and our partnerships with companies like Intuit. And we also are working on some internal creations of invoicing as well. So I think it's really important um, if we think about cash flow to think about how they're going to get money in quicker, be careful how they use it. Um, and also utilize the credit that they have. Absolutely. So let's talk more about the money piece of all of this. The quarantine has been a huge financial blow for small businesses across the country. Right now, where is the most important area for a small business to focus their financial energy? I think number one is really thinking about how they're currently keeping track of their cash. Um, Cash flow, as I said, is a big thing. And if you only have 27 days on hand, and that was when things were kind of uh, uh, puttering along fairly well, what's going to happen when that gets cut in, in half? So what are the tools that you're using to actually manage your cash? Are you still on Excel? Can you get into a financial accounting system quickly so that you can actually have help in the data that you need to manage the cash? So I think that's a really important area to focus financial um, energy. The other thing is, what do you need to do to keep your customers? Um, and that's why I mentioned the CRM system. And you know, we have a great partnership with Salesforce, um, who's currently offering 90 days free for a great small business CRM system. And right now, it's very difficult to keep track of people, what they're doing, um, how they're buying from you, whether it's digitally um, or if you happen to be, have a store that can be open. So I think keeping track of cash flow and also keeping in contact with customers are two really critical areas. Absolutely. And can you share ways that small businesses can curb spending? I know for us, you know, as soon as this happened, we basically went through all of our statements, all of our financials, and we're like, where are we spending money that we can cut that's not necessary right now? Whether it was, you know, our premium Spotify accounts so that we can listen to music at events, you know, something so small to our monthly coffee delivery coming to the office that we're no longer out. You know, we try to scale back as much as possible. So what are three simple and fast ways to curb spending? Number one, I think you said it, take a look at your um, credit card statements. Many people get their credit card statement and they just pay it. Take a look at that credit card statement and decide what are the one, two, three, or four things that you don't need anymore. Talk to your teams, find out what the waste is. What are they spending on that you may not even be as aware of that they could be cutting out? And then number three, I think once you do these things, Take that money that you're saving and don't buy something else. Save it. Put it into an account so that you know that you're actually utilizing a good decision to help you with money. And I think those are some of the things that I see where people have gaps. Um, And that's why I love what you said, where you're actually looking through things to see where the spend is coming from. And what are the most common reasons why startups don't survive? And you can, you know, preface this pre-COVID and post-COVID. 
You know, I think pre-COVID, one of the things that I see is that a lot of small business owners lack a plan, number one. And if they do have a plan, the plan is really when things go well, this is how the business will go. I think the idea, as you said in the beginning, is your business plan needs to talk about all the things that can go well, but all the things that can't. And a lot of times when small businesses fail, it's based on an event that they might have been able to predict, but they really didn't take the time to do that. So I think this lack of a plan, the other thing is, is plan for money. What are you doing? Whether it's bootstrapping, whether it's angel investors, whether it's using your own money, there has to be a really specific plan where that money's coming from because hope is not a strategy. Absolutely. And what would you say is your priceless money tip for a small business owner? Well, I would say that, you know, the, the best money tip is that what you want to spend on may not be what you need. And I think that all of us have an aspiration in our mind of what the business might be if I had all the best things, the best office, the best furniture, you know, the best tools. But I think it's really about let's look at the reality. What's the minimum that you can make do with to start your business? And then as you grow and gain the revenue and gain the financial prowess, then it's the time to add on. But you don't have to start with the best. I think that's incredible advice. So let's move on to mentorship. Mentorship is really crucial in those early stages of building a business, but mentors aren't easy to find. In support of MasterCard's Path to Priceless initiative aimed at connecting women business owners to necessary resources, you launched the Her Ideas community in partnership with Hello Alice to further your commitment with a dedicated digital community of resources. How does MasterCard work with partners and step in to act as a guide and mentor for entrepreneurs at every stage of their business? So Jacqueline, mentorship is one of my favorite things. That's why I love doing the mentor sessions um, at your amazing events. But, you know, MasterCard as a whole realizes that mentorship is a top priority, but it's also a top resource. Business owners are really trying, especially now, to navigate in the new norm. So in early March, um, in partnership with Hello Alice, we launched our Her Ideas community, which is really dedicated to delivering a, a more digital platform, providing networking opportunities, as well as access to tools and learning catered to the specific needs of women business owners. We know that more than even their male counterparts um, female entrepreneurs search out mentorship and camaraderie with other business owners. One of the, the really great things is we were able to bring our community members MasterCard content and resources from your awesome Create and Cultivate Money Move Summit. You really rocked it, by the way. Um, and we really are proud to present to the Alice community those things that you covered to continue to engage with in case um, people were not able to avail themselves of it. But it's that kind of resources. And um, we also know that small businesses are really feeling the impact of COVID-19. In fact, a really, really sad stat that I was literally shocked, almost knocked me off my chair, is that only 38% feel that they will survive in the current conditions for the next 12 months, which means that 62% feel they won't. So to help provide small businesses across all industries with the kind of insights and information they need, MasterCard has launched Priceless Conversations, Real talk, real action, which is going to be an ongoing online mentorship program that's going to leverage our Women Business Advisory Council members, including you, Jacqueline, which we're excited about. We're also going to bring in 
external experts and partners, and we'll basically curate a weekly calendar of small business mentorship engagements to live on MasterCard's Her Ideas community, some of our influencer channels, and across um, you know digital channels. And it's really going to provide Hello Alice's community members to engage with the expert of the week and receive some pretty unique perspectives. The expert will then join a live Instagram session with the CEO and founder of Create and Cultivate, namely you, Jacqueline Johnson, which is really going to let them listen to people talking the talk, bringing those questions and more to life. Um, So, you know, we really think that all of those combined with the partnerships that we've been able to develop with Create and Cultivate and Hello Alice, we're really going to rock this mentorship thing. I'm so excited to be hosting it. It's going to be really incredible. And we'll definitely post more information about Bob in the show notes. But yes, we love mentorship too. And I'm curious, did you have a mentor throughout your career? And how do you recommend people go out and find one? You know, it's very interesting. I thought about people ask me that question all the time. And I really never had one mentor. Um, You know, my brain is usually going on super speed. And what I do is I very quickly assess the relationships I have to try to find the unique piece that each one of those people, um, you know, can help me with. So for example, when I was in college, I met a gentleman who was in charge of putting products in movies. And I asked him, you know, how do you really get into marketing? And, you know, how do you really get into, into helping others to drive their products? And he told me, you do it two ways. You either do it through sales Um, or you do it through research. So that was a tip that I took and I actually went into sales into the pharmaceutical industry because of that. So um, I feel like when you choose a mentor, it might be one person, but I also believe that it's important with all the great mentors out there to keep yourself open. Um, You know, just in our partnership with you, Jacqueline, I have learned so much about running a business and engaging people. Um, So I I continue to learn, um, even though I'm uh, further on in my career than others might be. I love that. And I think there's like different mentors for different parts of your life, like little information that you can glean along the way that will help shape your career in the long term. So let's move on to some advice. You're in the business of helping founders build successful companies. How do we help them to build crisis for companies now that are prepared for the tough times like these in the future? And knowing that you just shared that stat, which is very depressing and scary, but also very realistic for the times that we're in, how can we keep people motivated to keep going as small businesses? You know, here's the thing. There's a great book called The E-Myth that I love. And it talks about the fact that a printer didn't get into business to deal with all the bad stuff and financials and budgets and lack of cash. They got into business to print. An artist you know, got into business to be an artist. And so I think it's really important that when you prepare for a business, you have to prepare beyond just the passion. And so one of the ways you do that is you don't think just about the fun of actually doing that craft. Um, you also think about the worst that can happen even though you know your craft. So I think this concept, which I know I've talked about before, I do not think we do enough about that. And as an ex-banker, when I looked at business plans, we used to see a lot of the fun, great stuff, but we didn't see a lot of if X happens and I'm going to be prepared by doing Y. So I really think it's about dissecting, using your mentors, talking to other people who have a business like yours to say what other things went wrong for you. That's okay to bring some of that kind of sad talk into this it's really necessary. 
Yeah, I think now more than ever, vulnerability is a huge part of the business conversation. You're seeing massive companies doing layoffs, talking about what they're going through, not being able to, you know, weather the storm. And you're seeing small businesses struggle as well, and everyone kind of talking about it and hopefully sharing their, you know, advice and learning and things like that. I mean, if anything, COVID-19 has shown us the importance of diversification to bulletproof your business for hard times. Um, I know for Create and Cultivate, you know, obviously we're most well known for events, large scale conferences. We host them all over the country. Luckily, a few years ago, we diversified and created our podcast and our online platform and our membership and our products, you know, which again, weren't the main focus of our business, but we were able to pivot quickly into focusing on those. How should small business owners diversify their business strategy to open up multiple revenue streams? Well, I think that is like one of the most important questions. And I think what happens is a lot of business owners get their sights set on their business. So it might be a retail bakery or it might be an online platform. And I think the problem is, is that business owners don't necessarily think about multiple ways of distribution. Um, You know, when I was in banking, we always talked about an omni-channel approach. People should be able to bank with us anywhere, anytime, any way that they choose. And I think business owners have to think about a multi-channel approach so that if one thing is down, another thing is up. The other thing might be in product diversification. So I think you're a great example of that. So you do events, right? But maybe if events aren't as big right now, you're doing podcasts, you're doing digital um, workshops. I think it's really about when you set up your business, set it up for multiple streams of channels, multiple streams of potentially products, and ensuring that you have a plan so that, again, when one is not um, working as well, you've got the other one to lift you up. Absolutely. So I'm part of MasterCard's Women Business uh, Advisory Council, which I was so excited to learn more about when you guys were launching it, which is really a a coalition of female founders, small business owners built to empower and advise the small business community. What's the goal for this council? Why is it important to bring small business leaders together like this? And can you share examples of how it has been helping? Yeah, I am. I'm probably most excited about this. And and I think back to that meeting that we had together where we had our our first, uh, when we all were allowed to meet together in person, you know, when people set up a business, um, it's very daunting. And I think that people look for successful role models so that, they can believe what is possible. You know, if you're a a small event planner sitting in Chicago, it's really hard to think that you could ever be a create and cultivate. But if we can bring a Jacqueline Johnson to bear in order to let people know what is possible, or for example, one of our newest members, Dan von Furstenberg, you have someone who has a small clothing shop or a small design shop. You can look at that and think, you know, it is possible. People do that. And so I think that the advisory council, number one, lets people believe what is possible. Number two, in terms of how it's really helped, as we were building out our new value propositions, um, you probably remember that we presented it to the group. And we said, what do you all think? As as successful business owners, thinking about when you started or um, even now, what are the things that you would need that would be beneficial to you um, that you might want from a bank or an organization like MasterCard? So we look to them for their advice and guidance as well. So I would say those are the two key things and why we're so excited um, about what they can do, as well as from a mentorship perspective. 
Yeah. And also just from my perspective, having been on the council, you know, it is top down and bottom down, you know, like I was able to connect with incredible entrepreneurs and kind of talk about what was going on with my business and their business and how we could relate together. And then also to help, you know, women on their way up and kind of chat through the struggles that they're going through as well. So um, it's such a great program and I'm super excited to be a part of it. So at MasterCard, you guys are constantly innovating. So where do you see MasterCard evolving to continue their support of small businesses in the future? Um, And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I I think we have learned a lot during COVID as well. And one of the things that we were actually thinking about before and this is based on some research we did with small businesses and digital. Um, one of the things we really are doing at MasterCard is to have a very strong focus on digital. Um, and so we talked about omni-channel. So for example, how do we help business owners from the beginning to get online? What are the types of tools and resources we can provide, you know, including partnerships. Um, We just signed on our easy savings program, which is a merchant funded cash rebate program, Squarespace. So how do we bring partners to the table to help businesses get online digitally? The other thing is how do we really drive this concept of contactless and using digital um, card on file so that physical locations will not always be necessary, that we can help small businesses to be able to drive what they're doing and be able to really reach a broader um, set of customers. So it's really about a beyond card strategy, right? So everyone thinks about uh, MasterCard and and networks um, for credit cards, but we really are a technology company and are very much working beyond cards. Things like invoicing, you know, how do we help business owners have a digital way to send an invoice so that they can get paid in minutes versus two to three weeks? Um, So those are the kinds of things we're thinking about, and we want to use our technology as well as our partnerships to do that. It's truly so impressive. And obviously your career is super impressive as well. So can you tell us what a priceless moment in your career has been? I would say one of the biggest priceless moments was I started a job with a bank um, up in Washington and they had no small business organization. So they were not serving this space. So within one year, we not only lifted up an organization, we hired 500 small business bankers to serve the needs of business owners in that community. And very, very quickly, we were able to turn this bank not just into a bank for consumers, but into a bank that helps small business. What was priceless to me is the speed with, within which we did that, within one year to build this big organization. Um, that was really cool, and it was very gratifying, and I had a great team that helped. That's amazing. And it's hard to enact change at a large corporation. And one of the things I love about MasterCard and our partnership is, you know, when all of this went down and, um, you know, we were pivoting and figuring stuff out, you know, you guys really stepped up and came to the table to support, you know, what is a small business to us? You know, we have a very small business here um, and you guys were able to come and kind of provide those resources tools, tips, and tricks we needed to kind of, uh, you know, keep going and keep the momentum. So we're going to wrap with some rapid fire sentence finishers. Are you, are you ready? Jojo? Oh gosh, I'm ready, Jacqueline. <laughs> okay. Mistakes are a gift. Mentorship is, is something that can really take your timeline down by learning from others. The best career advice I've ever received is be yourself Use the things that make you what you are to help you with success and don't worry about what others think. 
The business book I always recommend is? The E-Myth. The one piece of advice I always give small business owners is? So as a business owner, you started the business due to your passion, due to the success you had doing whatever it was that you did so well. But you also have to run your business. So that you have to take the good with the hard. It's so true. Ginger, thank you so much. You are such a wealth of information and so amazing. And I cannot wait for our listeners to hear this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jacqueline. It's always just an awesome pleasure to talk to you. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.